0: Welcome back to the TGG Podcast. Today we have someone super cool in studio, Nikki Wente, Viticulture Manager, and she even has her own rosé. Hashtag Nikki Rosé, hashtag Riva Diva. Let's get to this.
1: Well, we're back at uh, another episode of uh, Through the Grapevine Podcast. Uh, we've had some great guests recently. We had Julio Covarrubias yes. from WSA Vineyards, shedding some knowledge, getting us all inspired. Craig Ploof was recently on. Uh, after this episode comes out, Alex Wolf's episode has been out. So a couple Nottingham hitters. And we're back here with another Wente representative, this time somebody from the family, Nikki Wente, fifth generation Wente. She's the viticulture manager, and we're happy to have you. Hey Woo.
2: Happy to be here. Our Thank you guys for having
1: me. Wente, welcome, welcome. So we uh our we're pretty try to be like minimal and kind of let you just tell your story. So hope that's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, hopefully, I'm entertaining enough. I mean, <laughs> I
1: geez. think you will be. You got you got a good attitude, good personality. <laughs> Should be great.
2: Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Just yeah. give me an ego boost before I get started. You're it's perfect. great. It's just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, so uh, I mean, a little bit about my family. I guess I know Julio was here and. Um, I just listened to his episode this morning, which was awesome. I mean, I've heard Julio's story a bunch of times, but hearing it again, it's super inspiring to hear just how he came up into the industry and came into the Valley. I mean, he's a huge player in the Valley. A lot of people love him, know him, buy grapes from him, um, have him farming for them on the side, you know, all the little things that he does that make this Valley a great place. So that was incredible to hear his story again. Um, but a little bit about my family. Um, we came here to the Livermore Valley in 1883 or, yeah, right around 1883. Um, my great-great-grandfather, Carl, with a C. That's right. <laughs> um, he came in uh, to California in eighty. 80- Two and actually worked for Charles Krug up in Napa uh, and then came to Livermore actually with an offer to come manage a vineyard and be a 50% stakeholder in that vineyard. And that vineyard is actually at the 5565 Tesla Road tasting room that we have today. Wow. Um, so the original little house that he lived on, they had him living on the property and managing the vineyard himself. Um, that was kind of where uh, a little bit in front of where our farm shop is now and the vineyard was right behind it. So we're kind of still sitting right there on that original 49 acres that we bought, um, in 1883 and there was already vineyard planted. So we were right in there making wine first year ownership, um, which is really, really lucky. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not how it always goes. Um, and, uh, through the years we've just continued being a family owned and operated business. Um, I followed in my father's footsteps. Uh, we have kind of broken it out into what what you want to do when you come to Wentie. Uh, if you want to even be involved, our family has been really great about letting us do whatever we want and not pressuring us to be in. Um, but my great grandfather Ernest was the farmer, and then my uh, father after him was the farmer. My my grandfather, Carl, who I was never fortunate enough to meet. I'm jealous of Julio's story, being able to work for him. <laughs> yeah. um, but he did everything. He was the winemaker. He was the farmer because he was the only son. Um, oh. So he had to do it all. But my dad was lucky enough to have a brother and a sister. So my dad took on the farming role, whereas Eric, my uncle, took on the winemaking role. And Carolyn decided to do more of the marketing business side. Um, so I, I decided to go into farming. Um. My sisters both didn't really have an interest in the wine industry growing up, so I was alone in the interest, and I started actually working for my family when I was 15. Um, My dad would let me borrow his truck and drive through the vineyards to go meet our viticulturist, uh, Jackie Moscano. Um, Her last name was Anderson then, but now it's Moscano. Um, And she would... Either let me drive around in the vineyards at 15. Don't tell the cops. Um, and She's dead. yeah. She's dead. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. Um They're just in the vineyards. Listeners. Not on not yeah. on the real city roads. the best, best place <laughs> to learn, right? Yeah. yeah, private property. I only hit a couple end posts. We're good. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Um and she would also have me shadowing her a lot just to learn what what We were doing out there, um, learn how to identify pests, learn what to look for in the vineyard to identify a high quality fruit set, identify when it's overcrowded, when we need to drop fruit, when we need to shoot thin, when we need to leaf, all of those good things that I could then report to her and just give her extra help, unpaid labor. It's great. People love that stuff. (laughs) Um, So I continued that through high school um, and then in college I decided to study Wine and Viticulture at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Um, Between Davis and Cal Poly, it's like, do you want to live in Sacramento area or by the beach? And I (laughs) I took the beach route. Smart. Uh, Yeah. It was a really great experience. Um, Super, super focused. The one thing I did learn about Cal Poly that I think is a little bit different from Davis is that when you take that major, and I was Wine and Vit with a concentration in Vit, they really focused me on viticulture. So I didn't learn too much about winemaking. I maybe had two classes. I did OCHEM, but like that was not winemaking, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in Davis, you get a more broad understanding of everything, which I'm a little jealous about now. I wish I would have double concentrated or something looking back because um, as we have in our glass, I did dabble in winemaking recently. So um, we're drinking the Nikki's Rose here. Nice, tell Uh, us about
1: this wine. Awesome.
2: Yeah. So um, I really love Pinot Noir, and uh, I worked for Flowers after college. Um, uh,
0: it's not a bad place uh, to work. Who yeah. are those guys? <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Okay, okay, no. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, I was working for Henaeus Vitners on all of their brands, but Flowers was definitely um, near and dear to my heart because I am a Chardonnay Pinot Noir girl, and that's what they do uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And they uh, brought back. I'm not sure if they had a rosé program in the past and then stopped it and then brought it back, but they had brought it back right around the time that I started there. Um, so watching them make this beautiful peach, crisp, very aromatic, uh, rosé was something I really enjoyed doing. Um, and then coming back to Wendy, when we had a marketing meeting and we were talking about kind of revamping our rosé program, I asked if it would be okay if I kind of took the reins and, um, got involved in this Rosé program. And Eric, my uncle, Eric it had my back hundred percent. He's like, yeah, there's an Eric's Chardonnay. Let's do a Nikki's Rosé. Yeah. Um, and after marketing kind of pitched it to a bunch of people, they're like, yeah, everyone's really on board with this. So I was given the green light to go. Um, so this is our first vintage. It's the 2018, uh, it's hundred percent Pinot Noir. Um, it's made Both Saunier and a little bit of direct to press with a little bit of actual Pinot Noir added back um, because the color from last year, we did have Pinot Noir just took forever to ripen. So there was a lot of stuff that we picked for Rosé specifically that um, was just really light in color. Yeah, very lean. Mm. So I was really focused on aromatics when we were making this wine and Andy Lynch was a huge help in making this wine. He really is the champion of this wine. Um, but I was super focused on color and aromatics. So we ended up with like almost a clear wine <laughs> because I didn't like any of the darker colored ones. They just didn't have the right aromatics. Sure. Um, so we ended up having to add back a little bit of actual Pinot Noir um, wine, uh, mm-hmm. about 2%, I believe. Um, so it really did turn out in the like color that I was hoping for, a nice, really light peach. Um, peachy pink color, and it's got some great floral and berry, honeydew, uh, cantaloupe, maybe uh, aromatics, and really crisp, lean finish um, that I was hoping for. And I'm sorry, I keep saying, um, oh, It's is. all right. We yeah. all do. You're doing <laughs> we <all> great. We all do. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad
3: you circled to the uh, the flowers reference, um, which I would love to learn more about. But the bottle, when, I, when we first walked in here, I was like, why does that, that also. What, it also looks like something. What is that reminding me of? Um, and it's, it's built and it's, it's, yeah, it's very lovely. I think it's a, a, wonderful homage to, um, you know, what kind of inspired the bottle. Flower, I, I actually poured the 2018 over at Sidetrack. Oh, cool. And then when you said that, I was like, that's what it is. Yeah. So, So
2: is, I actually didn't even pick out the bottle. Like no. that was our, um, my, actually my sister really championed the bottle choice. Um, my sister Jordan works in procurement and project management for marketing and, um, the buying team, so she was the one that was like, "This bottle is beautiful. It'd be great," and um, kind of tested it out on our bottling line to make sure, because you know the yeah. shape, you, you don't want to mess you have the everything. Right tools up. and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, she really did do a great job on the package and the marketing team as well. I mean, with the little refresh they did on the, Eric's Rosé has a refresh too that's really similar to the Nikki's Rosé label. Um, Yeah,
1: I saw the side by side, looks great. Yeah, they did a
2: really good job. Um, So I'm, I'm impressed and I'm glad that they kind of Took my inspiration and ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> this is
0: a this is a gorgeous wine. Yeah, where I mean, can, it's very pretty. Where can people? Is this at the winery? Is it restaurant exclusive, or how can people get this?
2: Yeah, so it's at the winery, and it's also in restaurants, select restaurants around the United States. Um, I'm not sure what restaurants. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> That's okay. Just just but, wondering,
0: you know where in the market it is. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, it's not in grocery stores. Cool. So that would be the one place you can't find it. But gotcha. you can find it online. You can find it at our tasting rooms, and maybe in some restaurants. Just keep your eyes out very try cool. not too. It's very pretty. And yeah. then
1: uh one thing that uh I think you uh we didn't touch on is this came from Arroyo Seco. Yeah, the State Vineyards down in Arroyo Seco, Appalachia.
2: Yes, I know. And we're here talking about the Livermore Valley and no, I'm bringing in Arroyo Seco. One. It's all
1: that's <laughs> all related because you guys are pioneers of two different regions and it's uh yeah, it's all California wine. so right. everything's relevant. At the end of the day, it's fermented here, you yeah. know, bottled here, and totally all those yeah all the people's
2: hands. Wine was here. made here, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I always I joke around and say that they haven't um, given me the promotion to work on Livermore wines yet, because I've been making a couple wines from Arroyo Seco, and sooner or later I'll get a promotion and be able to make a wine from Livermore. But <laughs>
1: gotcha, heck yeah, very yeah. cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think this is actually delicious. I haven't had it yet. I've been meaning to get
2: get some so. yeah very, very so thank you I appreciate it You're yeah I, I really that. I really am happy Cheers thank away. you for bringing this yeah there's
3: our
1: Cheers Cheers I know yeah we never did that yeah. <laughs> all right right on yeah, no, this is, so this is quite lovely. Um, we we mentioned kind of generations of Wente's doing their thing talked a lot about your uh, your father Phil and then uncle uh, Eric and uh, aunt Carolyn who kind of took on the marketing and sales Phil uh, being the grower, and uh, and Eric being more of the winemaker. As you guys are getting into the you know fifth generation, I know Carl was kind of the lead. Was he the first of the fifth generation to really kind of take a winemaking role, or was he the first active fifth generation guy?
2: Um, so I'm not sure when Christine, because Christine oh, that's right. did Christine come is, back, is, is yeah. Um, and she was doing I think all of our hospitality for a while. That's right. And then she decided to take on our foundation for arts education, and that's where she's kind of been sitting for a while. Um, I think she did start before Carl did, though. Gotcha. And then Carl came back, I think in 2005? Okay. 2002, maybe? Is that around the
1: time Nth was launched? I know that was Carl's kind of baby, yeah.
2: Yes, so Carl came back and decided to launch his own kind of passion project. Uh, similar to my rosé, and I think that they really – our family really wants us to thrive, and giving us some really fun passion projects is a great way to get us super involved in the business, see it from a, do- a bunch of different angles. Sure. Um, and what that passion project did for Carl was uh, he was working in winemaking and doing a bunch of odd jobs. I mean, just everything, and – yeah. Doing the nth degree really got him into the vineyards, got him super familiar with the blocks that he wanted to pick the the grapes from for those specific products, and um, it, I think it did a really great thing for him and for the the company as a whole because we didn't have a tier at that that degree of excellence.
1: Yeah, and I think when you guys when that happened too, you, um, you guys farm a good chunk of the acreage out here and. Um, us as as great buyers, kind of you guys did some groundwork identifying some of the better blocks and you know giving us options like Smith Ranch. The stuff coming off Smith was identified as really really good stuff, and now Socko. So, um, when you guys make those kind of changes, it really helps all of us little guys too. Because, uh, yeah, and I think that that was probably one of the big catalysts for Livermore Valley kind of starting to achieve new heights in quality and getting yeah. that recognition.
2: Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that thanks goes to um. Carl and then working with Eric and Phil knowing what blocks really were outperforming so that we can focus our energies on the blocks that were outperforming all the others without even getting extra hand touches you know and that that definitely was a huge help and kind of the success of those vineyards.
3: Before we get too much farther, um, we talked about your role at Wente, um, Fifth Generation. But if you two could just shed a little light to the listeners on how your guys' relationship, um, you know, kind of works with each other. Because you're you're two roles that work heavily with each other. So, I mean, just speak to kind of like what that's like, what, you know, what exactly are you doing for each other? Shit, I mean, give us some
1: perspective between the two. Oh, uh, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been, I've been buying fruit from the Wentes for 10 years. Um, as soon as we came to Livermore Valley, the original guy, God, I can't even remember his name. It was before Rob Sorensen, Um, Brian, Brian,
2: Anderson. Brian, Brian. Anderson? no, no. Yeah. Anthony, it was Anthony. Brian Anthony.
1: Um, Sorry. he was there for a short time while I was here. Um, and then it was kind of Carl and Rob together. And then most recently when Nikki came, you know, graduated, went to work for Flowers, got some education, she took that head vit role. So you're my primary contact for fruit buying and and, yeah. and stuff like that. But it's it's more than a hey, here's this. Like it's it's a long long term partnership mm-hmm. is yeah. kinda how I, I view the relationship.
2: Totally. Yeah, a long term partnership. Like we want to work together. Um it's a big we love what Nottingham does. Uh, Just in general, the wines that you guys make are beautiful. What you're doing for the valley is beautiful. So we want to be partners. Um, So we like to work with you guys. We like to work with people that want to see the valley go somewhere uh, and want to do great things with the fruit that we have to offer. And we have so much fruit. (laughs) We can do so much more for all of the people in the valley if anyone wants to come.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. There is fruit out there for there sure. There is fruit.
2: <laughs> Maybe not Cap Franc. we got to plant more of that, yeah. but <laughs> we're working on That's, it.
1: That, that could be an, an important uh, piece, I think, for Which the Livermore Valley for future. For Which I think Cap Franc can definitely. It. Yeah, we got so, I mean that year.
3: kind of speak. Yes, yeah, so the second bottle there is a, it's a very we, nice segue. <laughs> we still got a, we
1: still got a little dent to put in. I know, it's like yeah. ten thirty. I know. It's, I know we're behind. Get her I, open and let her breathe. We're yeah. we're, we're behind actually. <laughs>
0: Do you uh,
3: can you or actually well talk a little bit about Marietta as well? Um, Robbie Meyer in particular, the, the winemaker over there. I'm trying to learn as much as I can about him. I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. Um, tasted his wines, love his wines thus far. But you know, from your perspective, who's who, you know who's the guy? How has he impacted? Uh, you know, the the brand and the wine of, you know, Marietta as well since joining the team?
2: Um, yeah, so I think that Robbie Meyer has done a really great job at bringing us home. Uh, I think we started to lose focus on Marietta as well for about five or maybe even 10 years um, after we had just a bunch of turnover in, uh, or retiring happening too um, over the last 10 years. Um, Sergio Traverso really... Tried to focus Myriad as well on blends and blends that included Spanish and um, Spanish, French, all different types of varieties. I mean, he wanted to Argentinian. He did a lot to try and bring a bunch of different varieties together. And um, we started to lose focus on a lot of the key significant varieties. And Robbie has done a great job in bringing them back and making them shine. Um, We do do a single Single varieties like this this beautiful bottle of Cab Franc that I brought in. But the Zarzuela started to lose focus, and Robbie really brought that back. And it's a, a top seller, one of the customer's favorites, and something that we've been doing for years. And he really brought it back to the original concept, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my dad has been so pleased because my dad was – the brainchild of Myriad as well, uh, trying to come up with this winery and how we could make it this boutique fun feel that not necessarily tied to Wente, but its own standalone item. And having Robbie there to pull it away from Wente and make it different is really, really great. Great for the brand, great for the customers, great for the wine club members, and I think great for the valley. You don't want everything to taste the same, and it's hard to make that different unless you have a different palate on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, very cool. Yeah. That's uh, that is that's important. Um, Robbie's a very sharp guy. I've had opportunity to walk some vineyards with him and and have some one on one time and some conversations and. Again, same thing, like just because of the way you know the community works, we all kind of benefit when, when sharp people like that come in. So right You guys have the, you guys have the power to uh, you know bring in those types of people, and that's, that's huge and when we do. I mean, look with the kind of things that start to happen, right?
2: Yeah, I know. Exactly. And I mean, he has his own thing going up in Napa and just to get him down here a couple times a week is incredible. Um, and he brings just such a different perspective to how we farm, to how we make wine, um, which is great. It's a good sounding board when we're thinking about new new, different ideas on how to farm. And um he always claims that he's a viticulturist first and a winemaker second, which I absolutely love. I think that's super important. You can't get quality if it doesn't start in the ground. Um, you have to have good fruit in order to have a potentially good wine. And um, having him come out and really show us what he would do in the vineyard and show our viticulture or viticulture and vineyard management team really what he would how he would farm it, how he would have his contract crews come through and farm his own vineyard is really cool because it's not quite the same way that Carl. Won- a vineyard farm which is the beauty of winemaking honestly if you have a bunch of different style um, vineyards then you're gonna have really different flavors in your fruit yeah
0: sure bring some versatility would you be able to expand on that I mean because you've had experience you know flowers you have Robbie in Napa Valley and when you go look you know from your perspective of fruit how it's uh, grown and maintained and treated and you know the idea behind the different microclimates. how do you bring it all together
2: So I think that we do a lot of similar farming practices, but different, different. like, for instance, Sauve Blanc. Carl and Robbie prefer totally different style Sauve Blancs. Robbie wants us to clean leaf the Sauve Blanc and let it hang until it's 23 bricks. Um, Carl wants it off at 21.5 with a lot of leaf coverage so that you're not getting too much direct sunlight on the clusters because he likes that green grassy note with the lemon zest and robbie wants it to be more um round uh tropical tropical grapefruit um and that's what you're going to get as you let it get that sun honeysuckle crisp uh cluster so it makes it just really does change and that's just a totally winemaking style preference um so i don't know if it's necessarily the farming styles that are different in napa and sonoma i mean clearly they can cut a bunch of fruit and charge people through the roof but a lot of the stuff that we make i think is just as good if not better than what they're doing and they're drop they're farming three tons per acre when we can do the same at four tons per acre so um i think that that's something that is there's not too many different farming practices i mean they all look the same when you're walking out in the vineyard as long as it's vsp i think we have a lot more vsp vertical shoot position uh vineyards here where you just see them standing straight up with um the bilateral cordon, uh, where in Napa and Sonoma, I do see a lot more cane prune, yeah. um, and I th- that's because- Modified
1: they- Vs, stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs>
2: um, and they, I think they're trying to balance out the fruit a little bit better, and it also is really great for disease prevention. Um, having so many cuts for Eutypa is just really not great, uh, and we have a lot of Eutypa, so <laughs> I would prefer cane prune in certain areas, but um, I think that the way that we're we're doing our vineyards is really we're trying to standardize to make sure that we're getting the highest quality and everyone understanding how the vine is going to be uh, balanced. Uh, whereas if we just throw in one cane prune vineyard, I don't want to confuse everyone. Sure. <laughs> um, so that's, that's the one main difference that I could say on farming style between Napa and and the Livermore Valley. Um, there probably are a lot of cane prune vineyards that we just don't farm in Livermore. I think I've seen a couple that, um, uh, Matt is farming. Yeah. Um, but I think that we put just as much energy, effort, and time into our vineyards. Um, we might not be spending 15,000 an acre, <laughs> but sure. we're also not getting 15,000 a ton, mm, yeah. which I think we deserve. So, um, how do we get there is my question. And I think that a lot of that has to do with um, getting more marketing, getting a nice hotel, getting all of these different. Ways to reach out to the consumer and tell them that we're here. I think that BART coming to Livermore would actually be super beneficial. If I lived in San Francisco and BART came to Livermore, I would never go to Napa. Mm-hmm. You could just yeah. come here. Yeah. Bart That's very home. true. Right? Like, yeah. 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 BART and Uber around, man. Right, like you want to come visit San Francisco, you just awful. stay in a hotel there. Yep, and then you see San Francisco, and you can come out to Livermore just on Bart. It'd well, we be can, great. We can
3: dive into that for a whole <laughs> time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. infrastructure, even, hotels, yeah. Fire yeah. Certainly, some things um, we
1: definitely need out here.
3: Before before we get too far from the um, well, okay, well, viticulture, um, I feel like it's always a bit of an estimation. But by your estimation, um, what would you? What would be your best? Or, or what do you think? Um, Wenties have planted under vine per you know per.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right now, we have 1,600 acres under vine that we are farming. Um, I think about 1,500 of those are Wente owned, and then about 100 are custom farms. So we do vineyard management for customers. Some people take their own fruit, like um, Rodrigue takes his own fruit, Gary Rodrigue, and then um, like uh, uh, Bill Johnson sells his fruit to other wineries locally. Um, But then other people, we – and Rhonda Wood, we grow – for her and uh she takes her own fruit but then other landowners that have vineyards we will buy the fruit from them after farming so it's uh almost like just a, a partnership yeah. that we mm-hmm. have with them okay. um but i think so i was actually just doing research because i was uh working with my dad on a little bit of a project that he's got going for a long time on the history of wenty and cool. california wine industry love
1: to see that yeah it's
2: it's really, really deep dive into That's the California awesome. wine industry. I'm very,
1: yeah.
2: It was really cool. And um, the Wine Growers Association was doing a thing with ABC, and I was just trying to help them out to find some just basic facts. And in 1890, we, were, uh, we had the Viticultural Commission report that there were 4,000 acres planted in the Livermore Valley. Wow. 4,000 acres. And now we're probably at 2,500, right. which is – just mind blowing that there were so many more planted acres and they had less vines per acre because they were doing really wide spacing yeah. to get horses through the rows. Mm, right. I mean, so mm. it's just wild to me that back then people were investing here in planting vineyard and now um, it's we're just trying to get our, our industry started up again. But the positive side on that is that there's so much open space and so much like so many really great areas that you could put vineyard yeah there's a lot of
1: hillsides ready to get planted man
2: tons of hillsides with really great soil really really well-drained soil as long as you stay away from the valley floor over on the ultimate side but (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a little bit heavy clay but (laughs) besides that there's some really great stuff um that you can get planted and have awesome awesome wine
1: i think we have for sure we have the bones right we got the you know the soils and the hillsides right. and the the temperature, climate, climatic uh, makeup. Um, you mentioned, you know, like why are people not coming here? Why is it not happening? Um, I, I think that we're still struggling to to find an identity as a region, and I think that's going to be until we kind of solve that. Yeah, that's really where um, you know I, I, we we talk about it a lot on the show. Is this a cab region or is this a shard region? It's tough. It's tough to kind of be both, right? I don't know. It's uh, I I and it's it's tough because good Chardonnay grows here and good Cabernet grows here, and especially if you put Cab on the hillsides and in general Chardonnay on the floor, right? That's a nice model, right? Um, but uh, you know, you kind of think Sonoma. The first thing you think is Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, even though there's Alexander Valley Knights Chalk Hill that's more Bordeaux focused, right? And then you think Napa Valley is more Cab, even though there's tons of Chardonnay planted as well. Yeah. I think so if if it was up to you I mean what do you, do you think this region do you think we need to market ourselves as a variety driven region do you think our diversity is is the best thing we've got going for us like what what is it you kind of see as this
2: yeah so I actually really struggle with people thinking that Cabernet and Chardonnay can't be grown in the same area um I I think that if you can grow both in the same area, that's a wonderful thing and not sure. a problem at all. And for some reason, it's hard to get consumers on your side on that. And I think it's a lot to do with France. And But if you taste a like California Chardonnay and a French Chardonnay, they are vastly different. Sure. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that our diversity is actually something great that we have. I'd love to be known for something, of course, just like everyone else would love to be known for something. But I don't necessarily think it needs to be a variety-driven thing. Um, I think it could be some sort of blend that we are known for. And that my dad was actually just talking about it last night at the uh, Wine Growers Association release of those new districts that they're trying to create for the Livermore okay, Valley. Yeah.
1: So that's what the wine business article I mentioned this morning was yeah. all about. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: So um, they're trying to create districts similar to like the Stag's Leap District or right. Sub-AVA. You know, um, and I think it's a great step a great progress forward in trying to create just this really big interest around how I can make a wine from a specific district in the Livermore Valley that's going to be vastly different from another. Um, like it came out that in like on the sinol side, you're getting 30 inches of rain a year. And then on the Altamont side, you're getting... 11 yeah. or less right? Um, so, so Pinot,
1: Chard over there, Cab right, right. Yeah. exactly
2: so I think that that's a really good a step in the right direction because there's definitely potential that we have not achieved but I don't know if uh, one variety is the right call I think that we could be known for a blend um, and maybe make up the name of the blend so that it's like a Livermore Valley is not a very sexy name, I have to be honest. But we could yeah. call it like Valley <laughs> de Oro we've, we've, is like something. Happened. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um like Valley de Oro or something right. really cool that like
1: South Diablo Highlands, right? Yeah, South Diablo Highlands. And then everyone
2: knows that the South Diablo Highlands is a blend of Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Petit Sirah, and then all of a sudden, it's
1: talking my language. Yeah, so there we go. It, it
2: doesn't necessarily have it. to be all one. Right. There it is.
1: There I'm it excited is. Excited
2: about yeah. this kind of stuff. Maybe something like yeah. Merlot
1: and Cab Franc. <clears throat> we're, yeah. we're
3: still figuring out the varietals. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we got. Yeah, yeah.
1: we all got our uh, the ones we love. Right, so. I think that's a good place to start. Purely driven by the quality of wines in that set. Right, right? like the, if if there was any quality wines that we could accumulate from. The sixty or so producers we have here; those varieties play well.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, I. Yeah. I think there's also.
1: Jeremy's got some stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't no, make the you off.
3: I had it. Well, we start. Um, and what was the bl- what just? I mean, we're still playing with it. But what was that blend that you just? Uh, you said cab. Say cab, it. That's cab, good.
2: cab, petite Syrah. So, <laughs>
3: petite Syrah obviously has a rich history here in the Livermore Valley. Um, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out there. Say it. I don't know if we've, I don't know if we've mastered it yet. I do believe that this, like, it does, it doesn't grow much better anywhere than here. Um, but when you say something like cab cab petit Syrah, one of the, a few of the best expressions of petit Syrah that I've had so far have been in smaller increment, you know, blending and using as filler and really just yeah. kind of giving it a, you know, just I think he kind up.
1: of a, like I think it's an ancillary play. It's a piece, right? You know, yeah. like. It's probably not a eighty five percent petite Syrah blend. It's our right. petit Verdot, maybe, right? Of sorts. It's it's your eleven, it's your, nine, it's your stuff. you know right. so. Yeah, riching up some cab kind of thing.
2: Unless yeah, unless the style all of a sudden changes and people don't want that like black wine that comes through. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game yeah. of Thrones. <laughs> So I use um, this. Yeah. It, it um. is
1: pretty funny. Appetizer, I never really just took off because it's like everything people want. It's rich, black, fruity, <laughs> yeah. mouth filling. Oh man. You know, all it's the just, above. but it's kind of like Livermore Valley. The name, it's just not so sexy sounding. Right. So. Maybe that's a problem. Let's. Uh, we, anybody need to? Anybody Keister, need to top off there? The yeah. Take a yeah let's wow. I'm, I'm actually surprised to hear you say that. I thought you were going to go heavy shard.
2: Heavy shard. No, I. I don't think that any one region should be known for any one thing because I think that leaves you in a corner, and I don't like being trapped in a corner with just Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, sure. Right. I mean, well, bubbles I mean, have popped in the past. I look at us when we had most of our eggs in the gray Riesling basket. I mean, so agree. but yeah. You know, um, that was a uh, hard pill to swallow when all of a sudden it was denounced as not a good variety and people stopped buying it. Um, sure. So it's like you all of a sudden are Cab's pretty timeless, though. Cab's pretty timeless. But, I mean, still, you're backing yourself into a corner. What happens if – what happens you know i mean white zinfandel was all the rage for a while <laughs>
3: yeah we had someone leave our restaurant because we didn't pour white zinfandel is that Recently? still, I is that just, still I a, like, how do i, a, how do an I ask handle? in a restaurant yeah i was like how do i wow. handle this i mean i've got huh. i've got i've got four rosés on the list all, all different styles is,
2: are any Four of them sweet? I just want one. something try sweet. It, <laughs> uh, I honestly love that White Zinfandel was a thing because I think that it really did convert a lot of wine drinkers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah. I, I thank White Zinfandel for what they did for the wine industry. Um, it really was a, it's a very approachable wine. Yeah. To In the start. 80s, you're just
1: partying, drinking. drinking <laughs> white job. Zinfandel. Hold up. up <laughs> jackets, yeah. all white suits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it.
2: Um, and it led us to a really higher, sti- high, higher quality style of rosé and and I think that it it really did convert some wine drinkers. So thanks, White Zinfandel, for all you've done. <laughs> Shut up, shout out White in yeah.
1: <laughs> Shout out White Sam. Um All right, this has been great. Let's
3: keep rolling. What you got, Colin? Hit us uh, with I, it. I was gonna
1: say, can you talk a little bit about like uh, some of the things you guys do down in Arroyo Seco, varieties you grow versus what you grow down up here in Livermore Valley? I know there is some crossover, but yeah, uh, yeah the styles and like maybe some you know, kind of speak to the style of wines that come out of there. Yeah, yeah. A whole different climate down there
2: totally um so first first thing first we do grow a lot of chardonnay down there as well um Mm -hmm. and when you think monterey you usually think chardonnay and pinot um similar to sonoma but the one thing that's different about um monterey from every other place that i've ever worked um being san luis obispo livermore napa sonoma chardonnay doesn't get ripe until october so you have a super long ripening season you're picking mm-hmm. pinot in september and then chardonnay in october which is great for our winemaking team because then they don't have to worry about chardonnay it <laughs> yeah. coming from both ends that's in september they're like ah stop um but uh it's it's also really great for us to be able to add a little bit more oak um that fruit character can really develop and be super rich and stand up to a little bit more oak which is why when you taste our morning fog chardonnay from livermore it's a little bit less oak influenced because it it has fruit flavors for sure but not as not quite as much of that caramelized apple banana tropicalness of the stuff from a seco and i really do attribute that to the extra hang time that's allowed by the that really cool growing climate so it's just slow like it, it, it blooms bud break bloom everything happens before livermore and it hangs way longer um sure. So it's, it's it's really interesting climate down there for uh, the Chardonnay, and I think that it does really really well for a lot of our Riva Ranch fans, oh, yeah. um, people who love yeah. that buttery Chardonnay. It's, yep, it's a, it's one of the one of the things we love about this area of California. We got our Riva Divas, you got your Rombauer girls. You <laughs> That's know? right, Diva Divas, uh, Riva, like the Cougar Juice. Self proclaimed. You heard it here yeah. first. Cougar Juice, T yeah. um, town even... crack. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a self proclaimed Riva Diva. Riva um, Diva. <laughs> is like that, that is that a shirt yet? Do you yeah. think that is that, that, that a shirt yet? Yeah, I know. <laughs> With
1: like the rhin- rhinestones on it. Yeah. <laughs> that, be on the All cork. yeah.
2: that should be on the cork of the bottle. Yeah, Riva Diva. Yeah. I know, I've been trying to push this and they're like, Do you think anyone's gonna get upset that you say Riva Diva? I'm like,
0: no. come on phil's no. a riva diva we he, all,
2: we're, is, all love such a <laughs> we're all in on this Let's go. Um, right. you heard
0: you heard it here first call. yeah riva diva. First hashtag riva diva
2: yeah so i mean another really cool thing about aurora seiko comparatively to livermore is that we we used to have um when we first started out there we did our own nursery so we were growing our own root stock we were growing our own um clean clean vines mm-hmm. um and so we kind of kept away from virus for a really long time down there in Arroyo Seco, and the ground there is super well drained, pretty sandy, gravelly soil um, right on the riverbed um, for the Arroyo Seco. And we have some stuff on axr one which is a rootstock yeah. that pretty much killed California in the '80s, and um, it's not resistant to phloxra, but we have stuff planted in the sixties that is on AXR one still and still rocking, still kicking. That's awesome. Um, and now that there is virus because we're no longer, we, we screwed up and we decided to stop doing our own nursery and then bought from the nurseries. And now we got virus everywhere. Yeah. Of course. Mm. Um, I mean, we would have had it anyways if we kept doing the nursery because all it of our just neighbors, taking the nursery. Yeah. yeah all of our neighbors have it. It's so a uh, yeah, but, um, AXR1 is virus tolerant. So all of the virus in AXR1 plants from the 60s are, they're just kicking. They're like, whatever, we don't care about this virus. We're going to keep growing super strong. And then the stuff that you have on any other rootstock really is dying You're like oh great wow. we should just replant axr1 everywhere unfortunately they don't sell it anymore that's <laughs> yeah, not,
0: not available anymore can you just tell the listeners what what axr1 is yeah for those who don't know i just watched something on it which is really funny like literally yesterday Really? yeah yeah, yeah but yeah just for people who don't know just really quick. yeah
2: so axr1 is a rootstock um and what a rootstock is it's at the base of the plant so it's really a, an american variety of grapevine um not necessarily a fruiting grapevine so it could just be a, a what you would call a yeah, yeah what what you would call just a, a weed in most cases um but it is a native native plant to america and what we found when in the 80 or 1800s late 1800s like 1870s i think um when we had the phylloxera outbreak which is a little insect that feeds on the roots and ends up creating galls that then split the the root open and get a virus or or pathogen into the vine and kill the vine very quickly. Um, we found that the American varieties actually were resistant to the nemata or the um, phloxera. So axr one was this really great rootstock in the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s that everyone was planting um, and you basically just graft, which is just attaching the budwood from um, a vinifera, which is the French varieties, the Italian varieties, all the Itali- or all the varieties you know and like love, cabs, chardonnay, all of that stuff. Um, you graft it on, basically just attach the buds to the buds of the rootstock and crazy you just tape it together and all of a sudden it starts growing i don't understand it um <laughs> but i do understand it but <laughs> uh, yeah, understand. it's wild to watch yeah. it's wild to watch it is. um yeah. but yeah in the in the uh 1980s all of a sudden all of the vines planted on AXR1 just started dying and when you dig up a vine you find that it's just infested with waxra so it turned out that that particular rootstock was actually not resistant um when everyone thought it was because it had a little bit too much vinifera in it um it was a cross from a vinifera and um which is the french italian all of the european stuff and an american rootstock um so if you have really well-drained sandy soils are don't like that so yeah. you have to have a thicker clay soil where are thrive and then you're fine with a different rootstock. If you have AXR1, it dies. <laughs> yeah, some cool. of that
1: stuff in Contra Costa in the sand is like some of the only surviving old, right. old vine stuff. Right. So.
2: And the only place in the world that does not have phylloxera to date is Chile.
1: Is that right? Yes.
2: I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know why. Ooh. Maybe they have really sandy soils Good everywhere. That's for them. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, they're the only safe, safe place. Also um, making
3: some tremendous wines. Very cool. Yeah. Excited for them to have their time.
2: Yeah. Let's yeah. get our time
3: first. Yeah, we, can,
2: yeah, we deserve yeah, 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 yeah. it. We've been working Where's hard. <laughs> that was a great explanation. Gosh.
0: That was you just summed up like a three-hour, you know, little yeah. video that I watched in like two minutes. And yeah, I learned you're how welcome, to talk everybody. fast from Carl. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I love when Carl that's gets the learning going. Piece of the day. Yeah. Carl gets well going
1: and like he's talking to you like you're also in the family. He's like, and then Aunt Ned and Liz and then Uncle Jesse did this and then he's like, yeah. Kurt, you're like, dude.
2: You're like they're not there. You're pointing at someone who's it, not though. there. But you see his passion
1: and he's just like, Yeah, then Uncle Phil, he's my fog dog. He's the one who showed me where the fog like oh, great. I'm still yet it's to great. see a
3: uh, a city hall a city hall uh meeting,
1: which I oh, like is pretty pretty he's passionate. Still, yeah. He's oh, uh, the guy the guy is smart. He's yeah. I always tell him he's too smart for his own good every oh. time I see him. And he knows it. He's like literally brilliant, and like yeah, it's yeah it drives him crazy. Yeah. I'm, sure. I'm sure.
2: He's got to overstimulate himself by working all day long, then going to city council meetings and until midnight, and then playing guitar. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, he's, he's teaching himself guitar. Dude, I mean, insane. Super easy. Everyone. And does I mean that with all due respect,
1: Carl. Yeah, um, love you, Cuz. <laughs> So so you guys working together, I mean this is fifth generation. That's kinda gonna gotta be cool. What do you guys do you guys have like a similar vision for the future? Do you think there's uh some conflicting stuff, right? Like where, where do you how do you how do you guys how would you compare or how would you say your relationship is in as far as forward thinking 10, yeah. 20 years from now?
2: So um I always said to just back up and talk about the fifth generation a little bit, sure. that it's really incredible that all of us in the fifth generation, there's six of us total in the fifth generation, and we all kind of went our own way. And we all ended up in the wine industry and, or, and come, coming home to Wentia, hopefully, eventually. But uh, we all kind of went our own path. Um, I'm in vineyards. My sister, Jordan, is in procurement project management. And my sister, Allie, is in marketing. Oh, cool. um, Bucky's in sales Carl's and winemaking. I mean, so you're coming into a business together and there's already not gonna be very many fights cause we're all go- kind of go- championing, championing our own section of the business, sure. which is awesome that the wine industry kind of provides that many outlets. I don't yeah. think that many industries could have so many outlets where you can just let people go and explore their passion. Um, and then nowadays, i work uh with carl and my sister jordan most uh mostly but carl probably takes most of my time um and we work super well together um i look up to him a lot i i mean he's been doing such a great job for so many years uh, i think we do in general have a really similar vine- vision for the livermore valley um and, and in general really similar vision for wenty vineyards i think carl's super focused on uh production management and kind of Focused on the wine, focused on the farming, focused on that side of the business. And I'm super focused there, too. But I, I do see that the hospitality is something that we're helping the Livermore Valley as a whole with. And I don't want to lose sight of that. So um, I'm excited. Hopefully, someday, my sister Allie will come back to the business on the marketing side. She currently does not work for us. Um, Where is she at right now? She's at Constellation working on Robert Mondavi, Franciscan. Um, I don't remember their champagne brand in Champagne, Damn, that uh, sounds like some beef right there. Rufino. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's doing a lot. Yeah, competition. <laughs> um, but I hope she comes back someday um, because I think that she will really be a, a good champion on the marketing side for um, for the hospitality business as well.
1: That's cool. Yeah. She's, probably, she's gaining some perspective outside and bringing it back. Totally. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Cool. Hopefully they don't keep her. I think they pay pretty well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I know that's pretty. Yeah. That's good for wine industry. I don't know. I'm I'm still waiting for a check, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah, man. Uh. What else? What yeah. else we did got? You, did you
0: know? Sorry, not to, no. Go I don't want to like bounce around too much, but I mean, I guess it's related. And you guys said you all kind of spearhead, you know, all the different aspects of of the industry. I mean, when you guys were growing up, did you know that this is, you know, especially having the name? Did you know this is something you're going to do? I mean, what 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 was it like hearing? The generation before you like what were the murmurs around the table of the vision of the valley or did you even care at that moment in time and then how does that fit into your vision now
2: yeah um so i think the i i always kind of thought that i would be in in vineyards um i i really loved the vineyards growing up um so i that's why i went to school for it. that's why i asked to to kind of be a part of the vineyards um, my sister, my middle sister, who works for Allie, who works for Constellation still, um, she was uh, actually interested in broadcast journalism. So, oh, wow. Cool. So she changed her her dream a little bit. And Jordan, my other sister, uh, was a poli-sci major and did a lot of nonprofit work um, before coming to Wente. So they were all kind of on their own little track and then decided to come home, um, which I think is great. I think it's nice to, that they kind of tested out the, the fields and then found that they really did want to be invested in Wente Vineyards. And that's kind of the vibe that all of our families gave us. They're, they empowered us to go out and do whatever we wanted. Um, did not once tell me to come back. Um, I actually, when I graduated college, I went and worked in San Francisco for a year in tech because I was just not sure. All of, <laughs> wow. all through college, I had internships in wine. Um, I did cellar work, I did marketing work, I did um, winemaking work, uh, lab work. I did everything, uh, vineyard work, um, and so, I wanted to try something else and just make sure I was making the right decision. I tell myself that, but I also know that my now fiance was living in San Francisco. So Ooh, might've, might've, been, <laughs> might've been a player there. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, none of our family really told us what to do uh, when it came to working there. So I think that I'm, I'm so happy and blessed every day that Carl decided to come back. Cause I mean, as a chemical engineer, graduating from Stanford, you could really do whatever you wanted. Yeah, and he decided yeah. to come and help the Livermore Valley and help Wente Vineyards. And, gosh, it would be really hard to do it without him. So, uh, so appreciative that his passions and dreams led him here. And, um, I'm, I'm also appreciative that our family let us make this choice to come here. Um, uh, cause I mean, it's hard if we were being pressured. I don't know that we all would have made this decision. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Very I don't know cool. if that answered your question. No, I it did. Absolutely. Forgot. did. No, yeah. <laughs> Drinking wine at 10 a.m. is hard. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know we got used to it. Just, yeah. just stick
0: with us. You'll, 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 you'll build it up. Um,
1: I wanted to go back a little bit about, uh, you mentioned your decision. You, you could either go to Davis or slow. Yeah. Um. I actually, I've I've had some Davis people come work for us, and I've actually had some slow people come work for us. And that learn by doing, I know that's like the Cal Poly slogan. Yeah. Um, I really do feel like pays dividends. Like you guys get your hands in the game. Yeah. And really get dirty actually doing some work. Um, yeah. So I, I just, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience down there about, you know, Some of the things you learned and and how you're applying that today here in Livermore Valley.
2: Absolutely. A lot of my major classes, I was um, pruning the school vineyard. We have uh, Cal Poly, not we, Cal Poly has a lot of land. I think it's the most land of all of the California campuses. Um, I could be wrong, but don't quote me on that. Um, But so they have this huge vineyard or not huge is probably like 15 acres, maybe maybe 10, um, but huge to someone that's pruning it with yeah. just five other students. Yeah. Um, and so we learned a bunch of different pruning styles there. Um, we leafed the vineyard ourselves. We shooted in the vineyard ourselves. We uh, harvested the vineyard ourselves. We made wine from the vineyard ourselves in trash cans. Um, not Not the shiny... Davis facility. It's a little different out there and slow. (laughs) I don't know if we were actually supposed to do it. I don't think I was 21, but Uh, (laughs) my teacher was really great. He just let us do whatever we wanted. Um, Yeah, so it it was like a lot of of work outside in the vineyard, a lot of actually going out there. Uh, One of my favorite courses that I took was an intro to viticulture course, and my teacher took us out to the vineyard and showed us why we shouldn't plant certain varieties in certain spots, and he had a Cabernet Vine sitting out there um, in San Luis Obispo, right near the water. And we took some berries, and it tasted like bell peppers and jalapenos. And Sauve Blanc right next to it couldn't get ripe because it was just so cold there. Yeah. Like foggy all day long, hardly any sun on that vineyard property that they had. And just understanding the flavors that you get when you put something in the wrong spot was super powerful for me so that makes me go in and he also had stuff on clay soils versus a gravelly soil and planted different things and you're trying those grapes to see what one what what it tastes like and they're just so vastly different and it really gives you appreciation for where you should plant a vineyard rather than just planting because you need it um and that's something that i think i would love to continue at wenty i know we do it already um there is definitely some sort of we got to have more chardonnay feelings every once in a while right but focusing on where you should plant something is super important to make sure that we're keeping our quality up. I mean, I don't want to hate on Napa too much, um, uh-oh. but oh boy, uh-oh. No, yeah. no, lay, lay it on him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some areas in Rutherford that are just such thick clay, black crack soil and they're planting cab on it because it's worth a fortune. But as soon as people taste those berries and taste that Cabernet, you're not going to make a good product out of that. Um, You're better off planting something else, which is another reason that I don't want to be trapped into planting one variety because I think there's a soil and a climate and a subclimate and mesoclimate, microclimate, everything for every different variety. And if you're backed into only wanting to plant Cab Franc, Cabronc doesn't belong everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's very true. Yeah. So I, I think that that's something that is a struggle for Napa. And you can ask for fifteen thousand a ton for a cab planted in the wrong spot, and maybe you'll get it the first year. But the second year, that person is not coming back because it's not going to taste right.
1: Sure. Okay. Okay.
2: And I learned that all at Cal Poly. Thanks, Professor Peterson. I, well, yeah, some of those practical things about <laughs> like yeah, that. it's cool nice here. So <laughs>
1: same kind of thing you wouldn't you wouldn't put Cabernet sticks in the ground down in Arroyo Seco for right. that same right. practical purpose. And
2: we do have Cabernet in the in the ground in Arroyo Seco, do you and guys? it tastes bad
1: really (laughs) yeah there you go so
2: we bought a vineyard back so we we sold this vineyard in the 80s to um doug meter and then we purchased it back uh in 2014 and he had gone in and grafted a bunch of stuff to all of these different varieties there's uh grenache cab front or cab sauv sauv blanc um uh tempranillo um Bunch just of different a Yeah, gamut. just like Merlot, Syrah. Um, is the
1: end game to rip it all back out and put Pinot and Chardon, or are you guys going to leave it how it, how it is? Or?
2: Um, so the Soft Blanc actually sells really well. Uh, is it and, clone? Yes.
1: Yeah, that does pretty well down yeah, there. Um,
2: yeah, and I make some Sauve Blanc from it, and I absolutely love nice. that Sauve Blanc. Um, see, they only let me do stuff down there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Musque,
1: that's got to be kind of rare, actually. Yeah. But for you guys, too. Uh, do, is there any other site you guys are bringing that in?
2: No, well, my dad doesn't believe in that clone. Ah. Um. He thinks that it's made up. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, Phil. Yeah, I know, You're sorry. definitely smarter I, than me. Yeah, sure. well, I know. He's smarter than me, too, so I worry that I'm like – 'Cause I I believe in it. Perception
1: is reality though. <laughs> right? There is that.
2: Yeah, so. so um it it's definitely it's definitely does really well there. And it's not clone one, that's for sure. You can tell the difference yeah. between clone one uh and the game. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um we sell a lot of the Tempranillo, the Grenache, and the Syrah, so it's actually okay. The Cabernet and the Merlot are just the two that I'm like, why do we have these? Um, yeah, but it's kind of like we're just gonna let the vineyard live out its life. It's already like 25 years old, so we might as well just let it. Let thing. it do its thing. Yeah, gotcha. can't, it can't last that much longer.
1: How is is Keith Roberts still down there? Do
2: it? He actually is the director of viticulture or Director of Vineyard Operations, excuse me. Um, So he does Livermore and Arroyo Seco. Is he
1: up doing both now? Yeah, wow. so he drives
2: up Tuesdays, Thursdays, does okay. that long commute. And
1: then you go down on Wednesdays. So I go down on thank Wednesdays. Thank you for coming here today, and oh, I canceled your trip.
2: Yeah, yeah, I went yesterday. It was great.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, lots
2: of bloom. Really scary. I'm like, oh my God, harvest. <laughs> Are you
1: guys, is it rocking? I know we're, we're, we're moving along. I was gone for five days, and there was like six inches yeah, of growth. Right, you're so, like,
2: wow, this has changed. It yeah. happened fast. Um, yeah, so... We've got a lot of growth, a lot more growth than I expected to see, and we got a lot of bloom.
1: Gotcha. Harvest um, is coming right along, and we got we got a little more time. I wanted you to talk, or Jeremy, do you have something? Well, I mean, let's introduce what we're drinking here, and then I just wanted to uh, yeah, just
3: I know. I just lay something down real quick. Lay it down. Okay, well, while she's so we we're, we're diving into the uh, Marietta as well. Is this indeed is this Robbie's vintage? Yes. Uh, Robbie
2: started in 2014, I believe. So this is the 16.
1: Cool. Nice.
3: So Frank, three years in Elhow. Here we yeah, here we go. Cab Franc from Mariette as well. Sister sister brand to Wenty just down the road. Um, yeah. Beautiful property. One, I mean, and all on one of the most beautiful estate estates properties I think that we have here in uh, in Livermore. It's a yeah, great yeah. They're doing they're doing things. So we're drinking some cab Franc. Which I'm really trying to. You know, I'll keep push. I'll, I'll keep putting in my two cents. We're all put gonna, your two cents. We're in all going to, you know, Merlot and Cab Franc are two of my <laughs> favorite varietals. One of the things, if um, for for those who've been listening, is you know hashtag make Merlot cool again. Um, you know, support the heck out of Andy Lynch and that awesome 2015. Um, that is just have, uh, you. You have had that. What are your oh, thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I absolutely love that wine. I love Robbie Myers Merlot. I was gonna bring the Merlot actually oh. today. But my coworkers are Cab Franc fans, and they convinced me to bring the Cab Franc. But That's the Merlot so from Myriad as well is actually my favorite wine that Wente Vineyards produces. Really? And yes. My my favorite red. Wow. And I'm a Pinot girl. Are you? And that Merlot is my favorite wine that Wente Vineyards produces, um, wow. or Wente Vineyards, the, in quotes. The all-encompassing. Yeah, yeah the yeah. all-encompassing. Um, but the, the coworkers decided to... To lure me into bringing the cab franc, it's well, so very
3: tasty. We're not mad at that. Yeah, <laughs> we're, not, we're not mad at that at all.
1: I think the the right bank stuff in general, cab franc merlot, I definitely have a huge play here in the Livermore Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my biggest thing is I know that we Livermore Valley has tried to be a merlot region, mm-hmm. and timing of of being yeah, a merlot damn, region was right. kind of. Foolish, not fool- You know what? It's not even foolish. You can't plan this stuff. Yeah, right. you can't plan sideways coming out and trashing Merlot, Merlot, right. killing yeah, the Merlot market. Like some of the things that happen here in Livermore Valley, just like
2: how did that happen? Yeah, mm. hell, what is our what bad luck? Is, yeah, yeah. <sighs> like
1: sometimes we do it to ourselves. I yeah. will say, like yeah. you know, there is some producers too that are not helping us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. just I'll leave it there. But God, you can't plan that. <laughs> I can't plan no, oh, a trust, Merlot shit market. Trust based us. on a freaking movie.
2: I know it's really painful oh. because we had a lot of Merlot. Yeah, there.
1: no, I know, I know that was the move. It was to go <laughs> so heavy Merlot much. and like based on quality. Yeah, like, it's re- like the Socal Merlot is Incredible. epic stuff. Yeah. we do great with it. You know what? We actually like we used to get a lot of it. we t- we we took it back down a little bit, and it's it's just be- purely based on people don't buy Merlot. Right. Not,
0: like, not like, yet.
3: Not like Not, yeah. not like, yeah. I
2: Which mean, is. I buy Merlot. I do I too. Love, I love Merlot.
3: See, I think, and I like the idea, I like the idea of the, if it's not a particular varietal, if it's not a, you know, a set, um, I think the Pinot Chard, the cat, you know, or the, yeah, the Pinot Chard, the cab, you know, Bordeaux set talk is, um, there's more than that goes into it too from a marketing standpoint, which is you know in terms of like selling pairs in terms like Sonoma Pinot Shard, uh, Napa et cetera. Right? So yeah, I like the idea of a blend because then you can have a, a, a bit more fun with different varieties that work well together. I think there's a really cool. And Then you cool,
1: have ancillary play for those varieties. Exactly. You know, for yeah. like, your small lot stuff, right? If you're, if you're so a brand trying to make trying to make it happen.
3: That is, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you pointed that out because it's something we'll, we've talked about on and off the air. It's something we'll continue to talk about. You know, what what is it? Um, right. I think the moral of the story is what we're trying to get to is like, what is the vision though? What's the voice? Because right. um, then we can all start getting behind it and start like a word you keep saying today is champion, which I'm, I, I like. I like the sound of that. We should we should add that to our vocabulary. Yeah. But um, <laughs> what's the cause? What's the voice? What's the blend? What's the varietal? What are we going to champion? And let's and let's let's start working at. It.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um. My, my Aunt Carolyn was actually talking to us recently about, um, I think it was the Jackson family that had a psalm, go, they gave a psalm a couple tons of fruit from, from Washington, or was it Oregon? I'm telling the story poorly. I'm really it's all sorry. good. Yeah, somewhere, up, somewhere <laughs> yeah. up north, <laughs> yeah. and they made a really beautiful wine from it. Uh, they just gave it to them and said, hey, make this make this a great wine, make people come here, make people interested, and um, and it worked. Um, and it's funny that I don't remember because, of course, it's all good. I, I am really scatterbrained. I have like 20 days until I get married. It's just a lot going on. Is it really oh, 20 days? Yeah. Hey, take a break. and All right. Congrats. <laughs> this is, heck yeah. Wow. Cheers to yeah. that. Yeah. Hey. Cheers. Hey. Cheers. No Cheer yes. longer Wente. Yeah. Soon. Well, well, I'm trying to convince him to take Wente. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, hey, he, would, he,
1: wouldn't name. Be. he wouldn't
3: be the first. Alex yeah. Frazier Howard. Alex Frazier uh, Howard. It's, it's he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, it's he's already
1: coming. made the move.
3: Yeah, so. see,
2: someone's got a champion taking yeah. the women's life <laughs> It's 2019. Yeah, come it's on. Fun. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Those are just old barriers. Yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. But I mean, one of her ideas was, what if we give. A ton of Cab Franc to a really well-known winemaker or Somme or someone that wants to kind of invest somewhere. And then if they like it, if they enjoy the product that came out of it, they have to buy for the next five years. Do like some sort of contract like that and keep that brand going that they've just created. What about
1: Pearson Meyer? That might be a good.
2: Yeah. I mean, why not? Robbie, come on. Yeah. knock knock Robbie you're up <laughs> um.
1: I, I, I think that's I've, I've always thought about that like how do we just get the fruit in the hands of somebody sick right like yeah because then like the proof is in the pudding like we do some really great stuff here right we were up at Oakville we did a taste the taste of Oakville which is like the what a day pretty cool right pretty yeah. cool experience um, uh, amazing wines I'll say that like the set like the quality <laughs> top to bottom was great and um my biggest takeaway, though, and I'm skipping a lot because we're actually gonna have a whole episode on this, um, was that the best wines there mm-hmm. were epic. But it's not; it, it would be up to the consumer to determine if the best wine from Livermore Valley and the best wine from Oakville—that's mm-hmm. a decision to be made, right? Right. And that, like, I'm not gonna say we're better or worse, but it's subjective. Yeah, they're, they're
2: super different, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely but, not the same. But but they're... it's not like this
1: vast gap in in. You know, right. difference in quality. Right, levels. the quality right. is different. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm getting. it's just uh, we I'm are s- different. Yeah. of course we're different. We grew, we're geographically in a different place, so right. the stuff we grow is going to taste and, and feel different.
2: We're also geographically closer to the bay. Yeah,
1: so we get some nice cooling, <laughs> higher tune acidity. Our wines should age well, right? Yeah. Because, yep. Yeah.
2: Well, and something I think people don't even think about um, that my dad also mentioned last night at that wine growers association thing um, is that what the degree day system doesn't really take into account is that our high temperature. So when it hits our high, we drop immediately. It doesn't stay for more than an hour Mm -hmm. ever whereas when we had that in 2017 had that weekend of 116 all throughout California i mean like 109 in San Francisco they don't even have ac units right, so there it's bad, everyone's dying yeah
3: um, for the first time it wasn't cloudy in daly city right yeah. right
2: so um i mean over that weekend if you looked at the temperature because i was monitoring it carefully because i was obviously farming I grapes do the same thing. Yeah. i'm worried i got i got like all the main regions on my right. app right right you're like, just What's monitoring going on right now yeah. yeah so i was i was looking at it and after thirty minutes of being at that one sixteen, we dropped down and started dropping rapidly. And if you looked at Rutherford, Saint Helena, if around. you, yeah, if you even Healdsburg, it hung for yeah, at least three cool. hours. Um, so it's just one of those things that that does the degree day system doesn't take that into effect. Maybe we got higher than yeah. them.
1: Our diurnals, is, yeah, that is shift is important. just so
2: quick. Right. Um. And so I think that people kind of discount us as a cooler climate, but once you actually work here and are involved here, like Robbie Meyer is a great example. He's like, this is cool climate cla- cabs. Oh, I know. He's like, it, he is like this, is, this is French, closer to French than Napa is. I've I, mean,
1: i I've been telling people the same thing. Like, they're like, Livermore it gets hot out there. And I'm like, dude, I, I was talking to a guy from Calistoga. Like, like he grew up in Calistoga. <laughs> yeah, you're like, he's um, like, dude, it gets so hot there. I'm like, bro, like, dude, have you are, held a yeah. Frank family property in August? It's fricking scorching, yeah. mm-hmm. it, like no dis- like, It's all good. It can be done there. It's right. not like I'm not knocking Calistoga. There's great stuff there. So but we are not dis- this just like huge hot right. cooked yeah. fruit region. So where's the disparity
3: because come because from? The, then why why is that? Why are, why is Livermore hot? Why is Livermore, you know?
2: Because it, I think people don't understand our location. Like people don't know where we are. I think that's a big <laughs> part of it.
1: Honestly, I'll be in other markets and I'll be they'll be like I'll be like yeah Livermore Valley. I'll give the whole spiel and I'll get through like two or three ones. And the guy would be like, so Lodi, huh? You know, and you're just like, no, it, it starts with an L, but that doesn't not mean. Lodi, yeah. yeah. Not Lodi. Yeah, we're not okay. in Lodi. Yeah. And again, nothing against Lodi. It's just, just we're we're cool. We're a cool climate. Go keep, for keep,
0: it. Keep, keep Lodi, but I'm doing
1: the first TTG live video right now. Okay. Oh, oh, here
0: we go. TTG live, live, live on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, I'll say hi to we all say hi to Andy Halverson. He's the first one to log in. Andy Halverson. Baby. Hi, Andy. My hi
1: dude. What up, Andres? Out. How are you, senor? Everyone knows you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The yeah. biggest hey. supporter of Livermore Valley.
2: Yeah. Hey, hi. Hi, Tori.
1: Hi Tori. What's up, team? What's going on? <laughs>
3: we got
0: all right. Thank you. Thank you for being
2: our Two viewers, our first, baby. Yeah. I
0: know. Thank you for our first live
2: I guess, Nikki. Woo! Nice. Happy to be here. Having so, why so
1: don't we do this? Because it is time to. First of all, we didn't like. It's kind of time to wrap up. But okay. Well, I feel like we can keep talking a I lot. I know, right? Yeah. So, would you agree to come back on again down oh, the road? Of
2: course. Okay, yeah. Cool.
1: Sweet. So that's the first thing. And mm-hmm. then I wanted to give you. Do you guys have anything else before I'm going to give Nikki the floor to
0: um, I send have it a off? Question. So I'm going to go buy TG
1: yeah all right come on in here jaymon's got get a question i got I got, I got one i
0: got one too we'll see well, we got a couple <laughs> more
1: questions nick you're not done yet sorry. Yeah.
2: no it's okay i'm sorry i can talk forever i,
1: I no know. no this is great I'm, yeah. I, I feel like we had good conversations today yeah just we good. just become best friends did yeah. we <laughs> yeah. you want to go do karate in the garage heck yeah <laughs> all
0: right um mine is is really not wine related you want to get all the wine related stuff out of the way no dude, no, dude. So, like, the floor just, is yours um But I think what gives listeners kind of a more kind of intimate relationship, even if they don't know you, I mean, but what do you do on your own time away from the wine world?
2: Great question. Um, so
0: besides getting married in twenty days,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I haven't done much of anything for the last year. Yeah. I've been planning a wedding. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I absolutely love animals. So I, on my days off, I spend a lot of time with my dog. Um, she's my the light of my life. Riley. That. Yeah. That. I read that in the Wendy uh, R- bio today. Riley. Riley. Yeah, okay. she's very important to me. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, I like to hike. I like. Doing things outdoors, um, which, I mean, I'm a viticulturist. I mean, I'm always outdoors. I (laughs) like being outdoors. That's why I chose this career. Um, And I also, I love trying new wines, wine tasting, taking friends out to different wine regions. Um, I absolutely love traveling. I try and travel as much as I can for work. Um, As I said, I was the viticulture manager, but I pretty much do a little bit of everything. Um, As an owner of the company, I'm doing sales. I'm doing marketing. I'm doing everything so getting the opportunity to travel new places has been really incredible with this career because it's something that i absolutely love doing um i really like um doing like yoga pilates that sort of stuff it's uh stimulating to my mind to just kind of let go of everything that i've been focusing on all day um really great outlet for just relaxation um and then I love skiing in the winter. Yeah, and, yes. uh, what a, what a, what a season. season this last one Right, yeah. it's been incredible. Where do you go? Uh, squaw, I'm a nice. squaw child, Very nice. child of squaw. Um, and uh, I mean, in the summertime I used to wakeboard a lot, but I hurt my back in high school and can't really do much of the pulling on a rope anymore but i like to watch people wait right. for it there
0: you go drink course like to drink sit course and drink course while life. They, yeah 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 exactly delta life
2: yeah i i delta. in general love being around people i love being with friends being with other dogs that aren't mine where do you i
0: think oh yeah no i, I agree where do you eat out where, where's your favorite restaurants
2: i actually just i listened to um your guys podcast at, on Savion, Maine. And yeah. I went there for Shout the first time. Francis. And Nice. Boom. Man. That was such good food. We went there on Friday. It good. Was incredible. I had oysters there yesterday for Same my Z. wife's oh, man. Perfect. We, we yeah. had the best service. Um, it was awesome. our waitress's 21st birthday. And she was like, totally fine and I was, was like was it Abigail was it Abigail
1: it was Ab- Ab- yeah <laughs> oh my god it is. shout out yeah. T-Fish right honestly and shout out Abigail sh- she was like
2: great, I, we were people. all sitting at the table and we're like wow we feel really bad about our lives because our 21st birthday we did not look that put together Dude. like I was like laying on the couch like dying she was like walking around with a huge smile on her face I'm like okay I gotta go reevaluate my life now yeah. I don't
0: <laughs> remember those two days when I turned 21 right? so it's yeah like, sheesh I don't even I can't even Abigail, that era. And, yeah. and she has that really Three good drink. The Abby, I don't know what did, drink great. drink. Did some things. Cool. <laughs> oh,
3: hell yeah! That was um, awesome. You made it over.
2: Yeah, but uh, we also we love range life. We love uh, going out to just ale house. I mean, yeah, classic Casa Rosco, Casa Mexico. Yeah. I personally love Thai food. Star Anise is Star like my is jam. The hit? Yeah. Is it, huh? I oh, yeah. love what? sushi. Sushi is uh, my all-time favorite. I do Sushi Zone or Wasabi Ooh. Bistro all the time. The Zone yeah, is the, the best zone. The Zone, the yeah. zone is We've seen you, so see
0: you at The Zone The Zone for lunches. Yeah. is yeah. lunch. yeah. yeah. the, the... Bento? The, yeah. $12, yeah. B- $12
1: yeah. later? You're,
0: it's the, you you're just
2: like their sushi lunch special. They yeah. give you so much food. The Shirashi is
3: good. Okay. It's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. How about... a Well, how about... Ophelia's? Can we just Oh, I love Ophelia's,
2: Ophelia's. Oh, the house-made so bread good. 26 yeah. years he
1: makes in the, the sandwich yeah. Dude,
3: Or is it I think It's more than 26 years I think they're like is G, it? I think yeah. they're like G3, bro
1: They're uh... They're club members They come mm-hmm. to the winery
2: uh, Are yeah? they? Yeah I love oh, it I haven't been there for a while Because I'm trying not to eat bread Oh <sighs> It's really sad. Getting married, is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting married, yeah. Getting married is hard. Twenty days. You yeah, get Twenty days. Ophelias. I'm gonna have a lot yeah. of feelings after days that. days. I, I eat rice still because I couldn't cut sushi out. It's just yeah, it's not gonna happen. There's nothing wrong with rice. Yeah, there's nothing good. wrong with rice. There's just a lot of sugar in sushi rice, but that's okay. Yeah, sugar well, is not the problem.
3: If I uh, so I know we're let, let's uh, just to uh, kind of stay on track here so we can close up. Uh, yeah. I wanted to, like, I just want like a like a like a call to action. Um, you know, we're there's a whole lot of things that we a lot of great people like yourself, the Julios, us, this podcast are trying to do. Um, we want to sustainability is a word um, outside of champion that you know is in our vocabulary now. Um, be it you know how do you sustain you know how do you sustain this environment? You know how mm-hmm. do you take care of the land, the people? Um, but you know in terms of bringing people in, um, how do you sustain industry professionals? From, you know we got bills to pay it's the bay area it's farming in bay area it's living in bay area right. it's working in bay area um so you know just like what's your general call to action um you know yeah. what come to come deliver more and i mean so
2: yeah i think that the general call to action is come to Livermore. there's a lot of opportunity here um and then once you're here get involved i think that that's a huge thing that needs to happen um people that are passionate about this area that are invested in this area maybe own a house maybe are working for a company that they don't want to leave get involved with the local different like agencies like the wine growers association for interest for in Instance, if you, oh God, I've had too many glasses of hey wine. You know. um, if you are on the, if you get on the board, you can influence a lot of change. Um, if you uh, in, invest in different aspects of the Livermore Valley, I mean, there's the LV Pack. There's all of these different organizations that you can get involved in to make not only the wine industry better, but Livermore better. And as Livermore gets better, the wine industry is going to follow. When when more people want to come here, the wine industry will be rewarded i mean people are going to come here for wine um and i think that there needs to be a lot of marketing action to get us on the map there needs to be faster pace in getting that hotel established and fixing up our downtown a little bit more i mean we've done a great job so far it's a beautiful downtown area but having that gravel lot be be what it's supposed to be at the end of the day and um i've, I've been trying to get my co-workers to get involved because i think that they're young and passionate and see things that people might not see. Um, I just wish that we had more investment in marketing and more call to actions for the people that are able to mm-hmm. push forward. I mean, um, last night at the district meeting for the Wine Growers Association, um, it was kind of just like, a, well, this is what we've done. And I'm like, okay, let's work towards... Getting somewhere next, like what's the next step? Let's focus on the next step. How do we get this pushed forward? And Mm -hmm. uh, I think more involvement, more people interested, more people excited will really help that. And a lot of marketing, lots of marketing. I mean, think about how much Napa markets themselves. Yeah. Like we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta get it there. Even yeah. Lodi does a really good job at marketing itself. Lodi
3: and pa- Paso, and at least Everybody, most recently, yeah. those builds.
2: Right. So we gotta get there. We gotta get there. And um, I encourage. I'm trying my best to get involved with different agencies. And I encourage people of of my age group, millennials. Come on, we gotta do this together. We're gonna be the next people. We're gonna mm-hmm. take over the world eventually. So, yeah. let's get involved.
1: All right. I like it. There it is. It's cocoa. Cool. Nikki, anything else you want to say? Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find Wente, Marianne as well? Yes, all these, all these uh all your connections yeah
2: so i mean we're on every social media for Wente Myriad as well all of our brands um i actually just created an instagram that's like dedicated to vineyard stuff um and it's n-i-k-i underscore w-e-n-t-e um it's a public page feel free to follow um i figured i had a private page that was just like me and my friends and i'm like i don't know if anyone people keep asking to follow this but i don't think that's what they want to (laughs) see not what you're expecting on that one. But uh, the public page is just dedicated to vineyard stuff. I've been posting on it recently. Um, I'm going to try and keep up with it. It gets hard when you're busy, but um, it's a good place to see what we're up to. Um, shoot thinning right now. Great stuff. And then... Um, I just want to say thank you guys so much for what you're doing for the Livermore Valley. I mean, I think appreciate this podcast that. is awesome. I'm looking forward to all your new episodes. I need to thank keep you. myself caught up. Um, appreciate but, you listening. That's yeah, awesome. of awesome. course. My drive to Arroyo Sego. Perfect time to listen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like yeah. almost yeah. get yeah. me there. It's a perfect- the commute. Yeah. Yeah. The commute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the 80 minutes, almost get me there. And then I can just start the next one and then hope I don't forget to start it on the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Thank cool. you.
3: Hell yeah.
1: Well, with that, you guys got anything else?
3: That's just, you know, we're thank you for thank you, listeners. Yeah. Um, We've had some great guests. You know, yeah. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for for very, very uh, cool.
1: Really tasty wine. Yeah,
3: yeah. enjoy. Great See wines. You and, guys uh, keep it. This
1: <laughs> is awesome. Awesome experience. I think right. this is... Uh, yeah. We're moving in the Cheers. right direction. Cheers. And congratulations, Cheers. Nikki. Yeah, and Thank you. Congratulations. Next time yeah. we just talk to you. Maybe you won't be a Wente. Maybe you will. We'll yeah. find out. <laughs> there'll
2: be
3: another Nikki Nick Wente on the market. Yeah, right. Right. it's going
2: to be a bunch of Nicks. Just watch <laughs> awesome.
0: out. I'm not going to lie. I did tag you in like two videos we took today. So they'll, they'll find you on TGG. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
2: Yeah. There you go. Easy to find me.
0: Colin, where can you find us here on the podcast?
1: TTG. Underscore podcast on the gram or ttgpodcast at gmail dot com if you want to reach us. any questions are welcomed. Does anyone check that email?
0: That, oh it's yeah, a, it's, it's through the Grapevine no, no. Podcast uh-huh. at gmail.com. Thank you, God, yeah. Jesus, yeah. I, well. I did. That's how much we? I know. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. well because I typed in TTG Podcast and someone already took it. Oh, in our, oh yeah. man!
3: In, in our defense, Dang it's man. Warriors playoffs right now, yeah. so everybody stay Yeah, it's tuned. Warriors. It's Sharks. It's, 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 it's all going on. So yeah. well, if well, you're that, listening to this, we've already won the series and we're moving... And, we and we move
0: Oh my God! I'm so superstitious. Don't do that, everyone. What's that word? We're gonna wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. There Thank you so go. much Back. for listening. We'll see you
1: next time. All right. Guys.